Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. All right. I'm hungry. Are you? I have. Oh, I had a protein. Oh no, I'm fasting. I'm definitely fasting after our Alaska. I'm like, I'm never never eating again. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best diet ever. She's gonna be a pencil stick figure next time you see her. I wish. Yeah, Yeah, I'm fasting. That has not happened. That was. Uh, I know. If I wasn't fully convinced about the keto diet, I am now. I'm like throwing out all my potato chips. Well, Uh, like just get your keto factor meals. They're not as good, but. I do. I only get the. Yeah. Th- that's all I get. Is you get the keto. The keto. Ones. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the topic for today might not initially seem like it belongs in medical skepticism, but I I thought it did, and and here's why. So we're going to be talking about emotional repression. Yep. And cancer. Yep. Okay. So how many women? I mean, honestly, like I this is all anecdotal, but how many of the women that we help do you think come to us with a breast cancer diagnosis who have either a just had something traumatic happen, mm-hmm. like a divorce or a loss of a child or their parents are sick or something like that, something really traumatic, and then they get diagnosed. Or I feel like our programs are full of type A, get it done women yep. who have problems expressing emotions generally. Yes. Like they partake in a yes lot of- Yes and yes. All, yeah, the, all right? of the above. Yeah. Like they, they partake in a lot of emotional repression mm-hmm. and they don't recognize it as that. They recognize it as resilience. Mm-hmm. They recognize it as, oh, just pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Mm-hmm. I am one of those people. Mm-hmm. I repressed all emotions before yeah. I got cancer. Yeah. Like I did not allow myself to feel. And I think that there is a mind-body connection between repressing emotion Immune system dysfunction mm-hmm. and then disease. Mm-hmm. Agree or disagree? Totally agree. Yeah, there's there's a great book called Body Keeps the Score, and and oh yeah, we talked, talked a that. lot about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've we talked about it. On but other you episodes. know, is that even a consideration in cancer care? No, not in not in your traditional care. Like you can't go into the doctor's office and be like, oh, I I lost my niece last year, and that really hit me hard. And they're like, oh, that's sad. And then they just go on about it. Like, so I'm saying they're not making any kind of connection between yeah. your mental health and your ability. And my question is, what is if you address your emotional issues, could you lower your recurrence rate? I, I know mm, that's not fair. Like people, well, yeah, I people mean, could be triggered by that, right? Like, I, I oh, wish you- it was as simple as just that, but I, I do think. I mean, I'm a believer in just having healthy coping mechanisms in general on a daily basis. A micro trauma comes at you. Are you that person or a micro stress or whatever you want to call it comes at you? Are you that person who just lets it roll off of you and you think, oh, it was no big deal. Like, I'm not going to say what I need to say. Or are you going to go give yourself a minute, breathe, process, process. process. or are you going to barrel through? Like, if you've got a busy week and something really hard happens on Monday, are you that person who's like, hey, I maybe need to take a little bit of extra time for myself tomorrow because I'm still reeling from what happened on Monday. So I would have never done that 
I would have repressed, 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 move forward, move forward before cancer. Now I 100% process everything as it's happening. You've unfortunately been the recipient (laughs) of me processing in (laughs) the moment. And I totally think that it has helped my health. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about mind-body connection. We're going to talk about the emotional suppression or or stress that can alter your genes. Yep. And coping strategies and behaviors to help you stay healthy. But before we do that, let's hear from our first sponsor. Thrive-In is a proud sponsor of Faith Through Fire. Thrive-In believes money is a tool and not a goal. The Gateway Financial Group with Thrivent is local to the St. Louis area and can work with you to create a financial strategy that reflects your priorities and helps you protect the things that matter to you, like family and giving back. Please call 314-783-4214 to schedule a free consultation with one of Thrivent's Gateway Financial Advisors. All right, so we're back. Let's talk about mind-body connection. We kind of touched on it. Research in psycho neuroimmunology that <laughs> is a, a mouthful. big word Beth. that is a mouthful <laughs> suggests that there is a bi-directional communication between the mind and the body okay so emotional states including stress and emotional repression can influence the immune system and potentially impact the body's ability to prevent or control the development of cancer oh my gosh i have the best story before you go into these points okay let's do it okay I'm kind of throwing my grandma under the bus here a little bit. That's okay. She's not listening. Yeah. So my grandma is kind of a powerhouse of a lady and she thinks very black and white, black and white. And Mm -hmm. she wants what she wants and she doesn't want what she doesn't want. Well, I knew that she wouldn't. She just turned 90 this last year. And and I knew that she wouldn't want a birthday party. Mm hmm. And if anybody asked her, she'd be like, no, don't go through the trouble. And then if you then did it anyway, she'd be really mad. Mm -hmm. Well, I also knew because I've known her my whole life that she would enjoy the heck out of it, out of somebody thinking about her and putting things together for her and getting all of her friends in one room. Did you do that? Ugh. Yeah, I did. Oh, I I would kill you because I'm the same person. I don't want that. But here's what happened. So I did all this and I kind of had my whole family in my ear the whole time going, I mean, even members of her church, because that's where we held it, who are like, she's going to love this, but she's not going to love it, you know, if she finds out. And I go, right, that's why you need to keep it a surprise. And so we kept it a surprise. We had tons of people there. And I, the like two days leading up to it, started to get that tickle in my throat. And I started to feel ill. Felt like and an eel. even driving her to the party, I was going to throw up. Right, because you didn't know if you made a mistake. Gonna, I was going to throw up. I'm, like, I'm like, this could go one of two ways. She could either disown me or she's going to literally love the heck out of it. Well, I'm so thankful. She hate like she, of course, said things like, oh, wait till you turn 90, you know, like and rude things. But she cried tears of happiness because we did it. If you ever did that for me, I would kill you. And yeah. I and that's not- fine. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I'm saying is then then the next week I got sick. Oh, yeah, because of the stress. I got sick. I was so stressed and I, I it, it took me out for the, the next week. Dude, we have talked about this before. I gave myself shingles out of stress. <laughs> yeah. Shingles. shingles. I, and shingles is nothing to mess with. I yeah. mean, that's a painful thing. Yeah, I, I totally think that that is 100% true. And yet and, and likewise, OK, so there's emotional repression. But then there's like avoidance behavior, uh-huh. which I am a huge avoidance behavior. So mm-hmm. actions or habits that people adopt to steer clear of facing certain emotions. Oh, you and, and Ben and his basketball team. Don't tell Ben. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I am always looking for a way to avoid the discomfort. Yeah. 
I, I think that that's natural human behavior, though. Like we it don't is. we would we, we don't want ourselves to be comfor- uncomfortable, but we also don't want others to be uncomfortable. Yeah, so we, but it's but about recognizing it, on. it. But we, that's the thing. It's like I, now when I do it, I recognize I'm doing it, mm-hmm. and I recognize why I'm doing it, and mm-hmm. then that allows me to process it, and yeah. then it allows me to move to on the best to make the best decision, yeah. right? Which again, I'm a verbal processor, mm-hmm. so I say the thing that I want to do in the moment. And then I do the thing that needs to be done. So like when <laughs> Ben, so, so Ben, poor Ben, Ben didn't make this basketball team that he wanted to to make. And my first thought was, I just don't want to tell him. Like, yeah. we'll just not tell him he didn't make it. I don't know what I was going to do. Right. <laughs> you can't just not tell him. But I, at the time, even I, I was thinking, like, yeah, yeah Sarah, that's a terrible Sarah's idea. Sarah's with me. And I'm like, we just won't tell him because I didn't want his little heart to be heartbroken yeah. and stuff like that. And then, of course, you know, we had to tell him and it's a good life lesson and yeah. you're not going to win all the time. But I always process verbally, like, the thing that I want to do, and then I have to go to the place of, okay, this is what I have to do. But, yeah, I I totally get that. And avoidance behavior is very common in cancer care. Mm -hmm. You avoid things that you know are going to trigger you emotionally, Mm -hmm. and there's just so much to that. I looked up a little bit about psychoneuroimmunology. Okay. Do you want me to break that down? I took a I took a medical terminology class and it's like so ology is the study of and then psycho, obviously anything to do with the brain. Brain. And then neuro, that's your neuron, so the the messenger senders. Mm -hmm. And then immunology, uh reach back, Sarah, reach back. Shoot. Immunology. That that's something that has to do with your immune system. It's yeah. So it's the study of the brain and the nervous system. Nervous system. Mm. Yeah. So it says PNI is how the acronym for it. It's a field of scientific research that examines the interactions between the central nervous system. Boom. So there you go. Boom. Ha. You were right. The brain and the spinal cord and the endocrine system responsible for hormone production and regulation and the immune system. Mm-hmm. So think about that. For all of us, you know, estrogen positive or hormone positive mm-hmm. breast cancer patients. This is the interaction between your nervous system, your endocrine system, which is all your hormones, mm-hmm. and your immune system. And it says that PNI explores the ways in which our psychological factors, such as thoughts, emotions, behavior, can influence the functioning of the immune system and consequently your overall health. So you want to hear something crazy. So and this ties directly into this. So 9-11 happened in the morning when mm-hmm. many people were eating their breakfast. Mm-hmm. Do you know what they saw as a massive spike right after 9-11? After people were watching the news, they people were eating. People didn't their... eat cereal for a long time? No, there was a humongous in allergies to eggs. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, kind of, but not. Yeah. No, right? I mean, it's not really because you're watching this stressful event and your your body's pumping out all these like stress hormones. Like what's going to happen to the world? What's mm-hmm. ha- like, do I know people in there? And, you know, and you're eating your eggs and now all of a sudden your body's got this reaction to eggs. Mm. Isn't that wild? I mean, it is. But OK, so this goes back to my medical skepticism. Where's the field of study? I mean, they have a field of study because it's called PNI, mm-hmm. right? There's a field of study. It's not well known. Mm-hmm. It's probably not well funded. Mm-hmm. And something that we kind of try to do at Faith Through Fire is is fix it on the backside. Mm-hmm. So when we get women that are diagnosed and men, um, we tell them that their emotional well-being is the biggest predictor of their future happiness. And so we spend a lot of time. Their doctors got their medical disease. They're doing all that stuff. But we spend a lot of time focused on the mental, emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And when people have unprocessed trauma or they're used to repressing their emotions, it's detrimental to their health. Totally. So we're trying to get them to a point where and you have to do it at the right part of the treatment process, because when you're in fight or flight, you're not going to take in that information. Mm -hmm. The processing and recovery phase is kind of where we bring that into it. 
But you got to be able to freaking manage your emotions. Mm-hmm. And I don't like admitting that I'm not good at anything, but I was and I, I also, horrible. I at also that. think that the, something to be said is not managing your emotions. I feel like our parents used to be like, don't cry. You know, that's that doesn't you know, that doesn't hurt. You're OK. That is not managing your emotions. Managing your emotions is recognizing that you're having a feeling or even like wondering, like, why does my gut feel a little off when they, they tell me this or why do I want to cry in this moment and understand like getting to talk to yourself and understanding what that emotion is and then go at going and actually feeling it because yeah, you have to feel I think bad. managing your emotion doesn't mean I'm I feel like I want to cry, but I'm going to not cry. Mm-hmm. I felt for a long time managing my emotions meant not having them. So I just want to make sure that people yeah. understand that. Yep. Yeah. OK. A hundred percent. So it suppresses your immune function. So chronic Mm -hmm. stress and emotional repression may lead to the suppression of the immune system. A weakened immune system may have difficulty identifying and destroying abnormal cells, potentially in allowing cancer cells to continue to replicate. Mm -hmm. So they've seen this in research with children. I forget what they call it, but like children who experience adverse events early Mm -hmm. in childhood, Mm -hmm. they they have shown in the research that they tend to get sick as adults. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that's all tied together, your emotions, not processing your emotions, and then your immune system. You know, it might not happen for 20 or 30 years, Mm -hmm. but those kids that had Mm -hmm. that traumatic event are the ones that are getting ill. So Mm -hmm. I also think that's an interesting thing to think about is that if something hard happened to you, it could have been 10 years before your diagnosis, Mm -hmm. right? But that stuff tends to fester. Yeah. So inflammatory response, Mm -hmm. emotional repression has been linked to chronic inflammation in the body. Yeah. We all know that we're an inflamed society. Uh-huh. And I mean, inflammation is known for like the development and progression of various degrees is like d- degrees, 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 diseases. <laughs> so, you know, if you have constant inflammation, which is where a lot of my focus for my health is, is managing inflammation in my body. Mm-hmm. I literally can feel myself when I'm inflamed. Can mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. Your joints feel like puffy and well, like, there's the physical. You just feel, there's the physical, and then there's like just knowing your nervous system's in hyperdrive, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be. Yeah. So this is where it goes kind of into the cancer sphere: epigenetic changes. So basically, the existing or emerging research says that emotional experience and stress can introduce these epigenetic changes, which is basically altering the expression of your genes related to cancer. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy that Mm -hmm. something emotional can change the way your cells look and act? Yeah. I I think that's nuts. It is crazy. It's kind of like a rabbit hole. Epigenetics I find very fascinating, but it's not a rabbit hole where I've gone down the road of reading about it too very much. But I know some people who find it very fun to read about. (laughs) I have a question about this, though. So stress causes your immune system to go down and inflammation to go up, okay? Or potentially alters your genes. Mm Mm-hmm. Now you've been diagnosed with cancer, which is like so much more stress. Mm-hmm. So why is stress management and therapy not required of cancer care patients? Wow. I mean, here you are. <laughs> I mean, basically, I mean, you know, you know, and I know the system isn't set up for it. Yeah. And there's probably not enough money in it. But it feels like it would be like a a very simple. I, I know for some people, they have to go to the chemo class before they do chemo. Why could you not? Why could it not be? This is a prerequisite, or this was. This is. I have never heard of this chemo class. What is that? Oh yeah, I've I've had some mentees say that they had to go to their chemo class. 
That's got to be the most depressing class ever. I know. Yeah. I mean, it just is it like the childbirth? You is it like the ch- I was just gonna say, is it like the childbirth classes? Where well, they I tell think it's you- only like one session, and you go and they talk to you about like what to expect. You know, if you have a port or if you don't have a port, uh, like what it's to like do the, the day off, like how to interesting. Yeah. So to your point, that would be amazing if they did a mental health yeah. class. Yes. They should yeah. do that. I know, right? They won't have the funding for it. They'll, yeah. they'll put no time or effort into doing that. I know, but it just seems like a large miss because if people did better, wouldn't that be better? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's why it's part of medical skepticism. All right. Well, before we kind of go into repressed emotions and chronic stress and how that manifests in various physical symptoms, which you kind of already touched on Sorry. With, your, with your grandma, <laughs> let's do boobs in the news. Okay. Boobs in the News is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the News! Boobs in the News! Boobs in the News! All right, you ready for this? Yes. The title of this, and this is BuzzFeed, is 28 Bizarre Things Patients Witness While Waiting to Be Seen in the ER. Okay, bizarre things in the ER. Got Have you ever seen anything weird in the ER? Mm, no, but I mean, I hear stories from Eric all the time because he's the paramedic. Oh, what's What's the best story? Can you tell one? I mean, I'm, ugh, well, I think forever the one that just tr- trips me up is that somebody called 911 because she got a mosquito bite. Uh-uh. Yeah. It, that was when the whole Zika thing was happening and she was like, oh, I have Zika. And she was like, it doesn't happen that fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, there's your tax dollars at work. People. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this one is says, when I was a kid, I waited opposite some guy who had a real life broadsword stuck in his foot. He wow. had been working in some old stately home and a suit of armor. <laughs> what? Are we in a Scooby-Doo episode? Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> he suit? just bought a haunted mansion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you know how scary it would be to have a suit of armor in your house? That would terrify yeah. me. No. I mean, that makes me think of the creepy. Some people like that stuff. That makes me think of the creepy basement at the art museum that has all the armor uh-huh. in it. It freaks yeah. me out. Okay. So they had, okay, he had been working in a house and a suit of armor toppled over <laughs> and the sword impaled his foot. Wow. So he said it was all bandaged up and not obviously bleeding. So he just sat there calmly waiting for his turn, holding this massive sword. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I wonder if his toes got severed or anything. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my Because, I mean, if he was holding it, it had to have gone, like, all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the middle of the foot. You wouldn't want to drop that because, I mean, you'd probably take your foot off. Yeah. I mean, or... And, and was it really that sharp? And does he have to have his foot propped up? Did it impale him I to the so other side? I'd like to see a picture. I know. <laughs> Why didn't this kid get a picture? You ever do I that? I would be that guy. You ever like, do that? Do you ever take secret pictures of people like of weird stuff and then send it to your friends? Totally. I do too. I hope I'm never on like a people of Walmart. I know. <laughs> you never well, know. don't wear see-through pants to Walmart and you won't be. <laughs> okay. So this one says, a woman was trying to get admitted to the mental health unit. And it turns out that the reason she wanted to get in there was because her boyfriend was a patient. So she wanted to get admitted oh, to be with her boyfriend. Oh, no. That's a love story. She didn't get admitted because and she wasn't happy about it, but she left. Next thing we know, there's a car doing donuts just outside the ER entrance. She was throwing things out the window and screaming, am I crazy enough now? Wow. She ends up driving around to the other side of the hospital and driving right through some sliding glass doors. She's lucky she didn't kill somebody. Another 10 feet and she would have crashed over a railing and into the cafeteria below where the staff was napping on a couch. Definitely got carted away, but not where she wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah, You went to jail. Yeah. No kidding. All right. One more. Do we have time for one more? Yeah. 
That's right. sad. Yeah, I know. I Evil. don't know what this... I haven't read these ahead of time, so hopefully this is appropriate. Fell off my bike and fractured both bones in my wrist while at camp. While in the waiting room, I saw a boy and a girl both in Wendy's outfits with the boy holding a very bloody towel around his hand and the girl holding a bag full of ice and something bloody. <laughs> oh, I kid you not. His line was, so after they reattach my finger, do you want to go grab a bite to eat? <laughs> I love that kid. It's like the broadsword guy. Yeah. He's like real chill about it. Live and laugh. Listen, I'd be so thrilled that they found the finger. Yeah. Because that doesn't always happen. No. Oh, my gosh. You have to do so much therapy when you cut a finger off. Oh, my gosh. Because you have like no nerves. You have so many nerve endings at the end of your fingers. Do you, Sarah? Do you have... (laughs) (laughs) School me about fingers. (laughs) Oh, there's your boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. All right. So... Let's talk about physical symptoms. You kind of talked about it with your grandma. Yeah. But these these are ones, again, this is like a lot of things that patients see. Muscle tension and pain. Oh, my gosh. This one woman that was in our program was getting headaches, and she was convinced that it was because the cancer had spread to her brain. And, you know, that's Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Every pain is a a cancer. And I, I told her, I was like, girl... I'm going to guess that this is a tension headache. Yeah. Like you are stressed and you are giving yourself headaches. And guess what? She was. Yeah. Digestive issues. Whatever you have. I've gotten used to giving speeches and doing things like that. So this doesn't happen anymore. But before when you're first starting out on the circuit, right, you're doing a you're doing a speech or something or you have to do a big presentation. You ever get like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, my husband is a nervous pooper, too. Yeah. Nervous yeah. pooper. Yeah. And, you know, that's ironic because yeah. I'm I'm not a pooper any other time. But if I get nervous, <laughs> Maybe we need to get you more just, nervous. Just make me, I'm not nervous this will, enough. This will fix your constipation issues. Seriously. <laughs> Fatigue, sleep disturbances, changes in appetite, weakened immune system, cardiovascular symptoms, heart palpitations, yep. skin conditions, psoriasis, acne. Mm-hmm. That all happens out of stress can be respiratory problems, cognitive difficulties. How many people do we know that have gaps in their memory from being trauma Me. traumatized or stressed? Yeah, you and, and I us, yeah. you and I are missing big gaps. Increased pain sensitivity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I often think about how like I was all like, oh the drains are so painful. When I was like, really they just chopped through your entire chest, took out an entire body part and yet you're like the drains? I did wonder that when you told me like how <laughs> how hurtful that was. I was like, really? I mean, I'm I think not it, trying I think, to. I think I also have a problem when something is coming out from the inside, that, yeah, out of a hole it's in very, the side of your body. You're like, it's this gross. isn't normal. It's gross. It's very Matrix. Yeah. Like, I felt yeah. like the Matrix with these yeah. things coming out. And I'm yeah. looking at the holes and I'm like, gross. Yeah. That leads to my insides. Right. right. That's not supposed to be there. <laughs> That's not supposed to be there. Okay. So I have something really interesting. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. It's about phlegm. I lay it on me. I you you hinted at this to me and now I I'm did. really excited to hear about it. I did. Okay, so I stumbled across a study. And I'm trying to 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 take this down a notch. Okay, so there are physical signs that are linked to the suppression or holding back of emotions. And in the context of this study, it's specifically associated with the production and buildup of something called high lipid key QI like microscopic phlegm. Hmm. So they have drawn a line from repressed emotions to phlegm. Hmm. And this is a term used in the study to describe a substance that is being produced and accumulated as a result of emotional repression. So it's like a metaphorical way of expressing the physiological impact of emotional stress or suppression on the body. So... 
essentially these people are unconsciously employing this substance, this phlegm, to avoid or suppress their emotions. So what this makes me think about is like when people are nervous, how they clear their throat. When when yeah. you that said that? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's like, is that the phlegm? Yeah, I wonder. That's the phlegm that's coming up from these these stress responses. I also wonder, is is this why you're... I mean, I know your nose runs when you cry, but I don't know when I am trying to hold something back and I'm trying to keep my tears in, my nose always starts running. Is it the same thing? Is it coming from your sinuses or like, I wonder where it's coming I from? I don't know. Maybe it's the phlegm. It's, it's kind of crazy because they actually make the point to say that these are characteristics or features related to the tumors in breast cancer patients. So... They said that the phlegm related to tumor grade, which is how aggressive the tumor is, the PR status, so whether the tumor has progesterone receptors, and KI-67, which is a marker associated with the rate of cell growth. They were drawing a line between phlegm, your phlegm, and those markers in breast cancer patients. Interesting. So, yeah, they're basically saying that there are physical, notable correlations between the physical symptoms of emotional repression and then this high lipid, lipid key-like microscopic phlegm for huh. for avoidance behavior and the specific characteristics of tumor, which I, I, I think is crazy. It is a little crazy. And it's a little bit kind of like, well, what do we do with this knowledge? I don't know. But I was trying to remember. I'm like, did I have more phlegm before or after I started learning how to process my emotions? I actually think I had more. Oh, okay. I mean, but this is completely anecdotal. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I don't have a phlegm problem now. Because it wasn't like in within your awareness. No, I'm happy to report yeah. that there is no phlegm right oh, now. That's so great. I feel like maybe I am processing my emotions. Cue well. the applause. Right? <laughs> so I mean, when it, when you want to It's kind of like a society thing. Like there's jokes all the time about, oh, the the mom who drinks because her kids are home. Or like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's lots Everybody of- has their thing that they do when they feel stressed. Yeah. But, so like, what are the main ones? It's obviously like drinking, drinking, smoking, smoking going eating, out, you know, like, eating. Yeah. Eating. Oh, eating. I, for I'm, an, sure. I'm an emotional eater. Yeah. If I've had a bad day, I just want to like gorge on something really unhealthy. Yeah. Let's see. So people are choosing these behaviors and these are risk factors for cancer, too. So mm-hmm. like there's a lot of, OK, lifestyle factors do influence whether or not you get cancer. Mm-hmm. If you're not managing your emotions properly and you're partaking in these unhealthy coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. you're just loading you're loading the gun. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the thing about coping mechanisms is they feel great when you're doing them. But they don't feel great after you've done them. I don't know. I always feel bad as I'm doing them, and yet I still do, do it. You, really? Yeah. Oh, Isn't that terrible? That is. Yeah. I often, if I eat something that I know is not good for me and it's going to give me that sugar crash, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there. I always think afterward that was not worth it. Yeah. Sometimes it. Sometimes it is. Sometimes yeah. I just truly enjoy the yeah. thing I'm partaking in. But mm-hmm. most of the time, it's tied to an emotion. Yeah. And I find myself feeling regret or remorse about it as I'm doing it. Yeah. And yet I don't stop. And I think that that's really indicative of how closely our emotions are tied to these behaviors. Yeah. Are you, we talked about this in a prior episode of, are you surprised at how many survivors are told by doctors to have some wine, food doesn't matter? Doesn't that seem? For sure. Especially when we have an episode coming up soon that is going to kind of debunk a lot of those things. But yes, I am. It's like enabling behavior, right? It is. It's enabling behavior. and, And it surprises me because we know that those are tied to unhealthy things. And even if there are health benefits within red wine, which there are, Mm -hmm. but who just has one four ounce glass? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, maybe if you're in chemo. I yeah. remember having a glass of wine in chemo and it was like I was really making sure I barely, barely yeah. had any. 
But I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking, really what the conversation should have been is now you've been diagnosed with cancer. Your life is going to be drastically different. You're going to start having to eat like this. You're going to have to now refrain from all, you know, all sugar and all alcohol. And this is, and what are you going to do for your stress? And what are you going to do for your stress? Yeah. Like that's what the conversation should have looked like Uh impaired with here's your treatment plan. But before we close out, let's hear from our second sponsor. BJC Healthcare is proud to bring you the best medicine close to home. In addition to two full-service hospitals, Barnes Jewish St. Peter's and Progress West, community members in St. Charles County and beyond have access to the Siteman Cancer Center in St. Peter's, two convenient centers in the area, and doctor's offices across St. Charles County. Visit BJCStCharlesCounty.org to learn more. So what can we do about this? This is the question, is what can we do for all you type A people out there that are thinking, oh, this is me, I don't process my emotions, (laughs) or I had this really tragic thing happen right before my diagnosis, what do I do about it? Well, studies suggest that people who are more expressive and open about their emotions have better psychological well-being and potentially improve treatment outcomes. You know, Sarah, you're a coach. (laughs) For people who have trouble expressing themselves... How do they how do they dip a toe into the pond of being vulnerable? Because that's what we're talking about, right? It's vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, something that I've even recommended for people to do is to just say it to a mirror to themselves. Oh, so true. Because even just getting the words to come out of your mouth, sometimes you can verbalize it. Or there's a practice that's really good called morning pages where you wake up and you just like let your brain like flow onto a piece of paper and then burn it after or throw it away or shred it, whatever you want to do if you don't want anybody to read it. But just being able to get them out of your brain stops kind of like that monkey wheel where mm-hmm. you're running through your thoughts. I think that's so true. I, yeah. I did that when I got diagnosed. I got to a point where I realized I wasn't, I was again trying to repress emotions and it was not helping me. I think I intuitively knew that was counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling myself inside my brain, wow, I am devastated that I got breast cancer. And just saying that I am devastated was Mm -hmm. like super vulnerable for me inside my own head. But the minute I did it, I felt a release and it was like validating. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, the world didn't fall apart and you're not the first person to feel Mm -hmm. devastated by something. Yeah. And so I really like that idea of like saying it out loud in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Good one. It's way better than me. Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Or I, we to- have, I totally did that. Or we have like, some... how are you being so strong? And I'm like, I mean, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's fine. <laughs> I'm doing good. I mean, I'm so blessed in so many other ways. It could be so much worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That could you know, be so much we worse have so many survivors, too, like that are just they are in that vein of, I don't, you know, there's worse things. It's fine. And I'm yeah. like, ooh, you haven't done the work yet. Yeah. Yep, yep. You haven't done the work yet. So there's evidence, strong evidence to su- suggest that strong social support is really important to recovery. Mm-hmm. And if you're an introvert, that can sound yucky. Mm-hmm. But I think social support is, I mean, it doesn't have to be this overwhelming thing where you're just showing up to every function like everything's great. Right? It could be one friend that you go on a walk with once a month where mm-hmm. you get to go be 100% you. You Maybe that's that one person that you feel vulnerable enough to say like all the real things without like any repercussions? Mm-hmm. I also think that it can be as simple as, you know, we're all out and about running errands and doing things. And I mm-hmm. think we kind of got in this mode of not talking to people anymore. Like when mm-hmm. COVID happened, mm-hmm. engage with your mailman, you know, yeah. talk to the person at the grocery stores you're checking out. We are social beings. We mm-hmm. are made for communion. It's like, you know, especially for my, you know, men and women that are living alone. Mm-hmm. It you know cancer is isolating anyway, but mm-hmm. if you live alone, it can be particularly so. So mm-hmm. get that fix from these 
encounters with strangers yeah. on the street, you know, start small. I had a little run in with a therapist that we refer to often at the grocery store. And I, f- I find it really funny because my initial reaction was like, she's in a Why hurry. are you out of your box? No, she. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go back to your box. Help people. No, but I my initial reaction was she's in a hurry. I'm in a hurry. We got to go like we can say hi. We got to go. But I always assume that people are really in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Then when she, I could tell she really wanted to engage, I was like, OK, I can like slow down and engage with her. I walked away from that interaction. Just happy. So happy. Yeah, I know exactly which therapist this is. And she's always somebody that's going to engage with somebody yeah. on a personal level. But I agree when you walk away from that situation, I had a similar situation where I went to go visit somebody in the hospital, not related to breast cancer, mm-hmm. but I, it was a crazy day and mm-hmm. the hospital was really far away and I was feeling stressed about a million other things. And I was like, I mean, I could go a different day. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, you know, go. Yeah. And I walked out of there and I was like, that was lovely for yeah. me and for them. And yeah. I'm so glad I did that. And that was really a great time. Yeah. You sometimes have to get yourself out of your comfort zone and, and just go do and it. go do it yeah. and you're going to be glad you did for yeah. sure yep and then we've talked about these before but meditation relaxation techniques therapy mm-hmm. can all positively impact your immune function and your overall and, well-being and those can help those can be your coping mechanisms right <laughs> just choose those are the healthier options so every time i want a potato chip i just meditate instead right? you know those little signs like this not that yes yeah it's like you know this meditation or exercise not that wine or yeah, food cookies <laughs> or cookies right. yeah right yeah it's true i do think a lot of it is habits right yeah developing new healthy habits yeah and replacing those bad habits so yeah i don't know i i liked putting this in the medical skepticism because i think that this should be part of care yeah and it's not and yeah. it never will be nope <laughs> well Never say never. Yes. I knew as soon as I said never, Sarah hates the word never. Hate never. Hates the word never. It's the coach and me. They they would always say like challenge never. Really? Never? Yeah, (laughs) right. It's like how we're supposed to respond. Really? Never? Never. This is never going to happen. Oh, all right. Well, there you guys go. Until next time. See ya. Thank you for being a listener of the Besties with Breasties podcast. If this podcast had a positive impact on your journey, leave us a review or consider becoming a supporter. You can donate with the link in the show notes or at faiththroughfire.org. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmus, audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies. (laughs) 